This is Jessica Pate, your host for Brave Together podcast. I am here to serve, encourage, and inspire you in your journey as a special needs mom. This is your tribe. This is your community, your place to be reminded that you are not alone. Follow along as I share stories, inspiration, and resources just for you. Hi, friends. Today, we are going to talk about managing our anxiety with licensed marriage and family therapist, Danelle Noonan. She is in Oklahoma. She is also a certified provider of cognitive behavior therapy, specifically for treating insomnia. Danelle is a friend of mine. We went to college together, and I'm so excited that our paths are crossing again in this way as she has a passion to support women as much as I do. And so today we're going to talk about us and managing our anxiety. So welcome, Danelle. I can't wait to hear your presentation. Thank you so much, Jessica. I'm really happy to be here with you guys. It's an honor for me. And you're right. I do love supporting women. And ironically, I think we've talked about this in previous recordings, but I have five daughters. So I'm not only supporting <laughs> external women. <laughs> so well, I know... we can just pause right there with five daughters. <laughs> yeah. That's not what today's show is about. Right, so. right. Exactly. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll save that for another day. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. All right. I'll let you jump in. Danelle. Okay, sure. Well, so I know, you know, anxiety is, as we all know, a part of life that we have to learn to manage and deal with. And there's a couple of things that I wanted to kind of discuss related to anxiety today. Um, first of all, I want to somewhat normalize the fact that we all experience it. Um, literally 25% of the population deals with enough anxiety from day to day that it impacts their ability to function normally. That's just 25%, but the rest of us, the other 75% deal with it as well. It just may not impact our daily function on a regular, consistent basis. But situationally, I think we've all dealt with it to the point where it definitely has an impact on us. So all of that to say it is relevant no matter who you are, male, female, (laughs) young or old, it impacts all of us. So the first thing I want to do is kind of define what it is, because anxiety is a term that really gets thrown around a lot. The definition of anxiety is a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. So that obviously covers a lot of ground right there. It's basically worry about things that we don't know what's going to happen in the future. And I always make the joke that men call anxiety stress (laughs) and women call it anxiety. (laughs) So Uh. it's all really the same thing at the end of the day. But but there's three things I kind of wanted to look at today. One is how to identify whatever your own baseline level of anxiety and stress is. And then two, what's the physical impact of chronic stress and anxiety over time on our bodies? And then three, how do we prevent or eliminate chronic anxiety and panic attacks altogether? So the first part is identifying your own personal baseline of anxiety. So this is a really important element because, you know, obviously self-insight is a huge, huge component for being healthy emotionally. And so the simplest way to do this is using the the pain scale, which I think most people are familiar with, except we're putting anxiety instead of pain into the mix here. So rating on a scale of one to 10, uh, one, one would be like, I almost never experience anxiety. Or, and when I do, it's like almost nothing. And then 10 would be severe, the worst possible 
that you could imagine, which generally would probably end up being like a panic attack. And then a five would be somewhere in the middle, moderate. And I say anything that is five or above really needs your attention. So if you can sit here and kind of think about on an average day, where do I fall in that range? If you're at a five or above on a consistent basis, it's something we definitely need to look at. First of all, the thing is, we can't go into this without acknowledging that most of us have probably had a massive spike in anxiety over the last couple of months, what with the pandemic and all, Uh, Uh, and the isolation and just job loss. There's so much. And then all of our kids home, which is, you know, new for a lot of us. Um, Most of us did not not sign up to be homeschool moms. And yet here we are. So (laughs) it makes a huge difference. So the first thing that I want to talk about in terms of preventatively keeping your anxiety from getting to a five or above, or if it's already at a five, things that you can do to prevent it from getting higher. Okay. Um, the first thing is exercise. And every time I say that, I always myself cringe a little because <laughs> I know people <laughs> hate to hear that. <laughs> right. They don't. They're like, no, I didn't hear you say that. Forget exactly. that. Exactly. La, la, la. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the reason, if you maybe sometimes understanding the underlying reason behind it helps to give some motivation to actually do it. The reason that it is helpful is because part of anxiety is your body responding to stressful events in such a way that your hormones are actually altered. So adrenaline, cortisol, all the stress hormones start to build up and accumulate in your body. So when that happens, uh, you know, you get into this perpetual state of heightened, what we call heightened arousal, meaning your body's kind of on high alert. And so it's very, very difficult with all of those hormones coursing through your body to find any ability to relax. What exercise will do is it literally eliminates the stress hormones. And I don't know if you've ever, I'm sure Jessica, I know you're a runner, so I know you've experienced this, but if you get super stressed out, sometimes just going out and like running or it can be anything really. I mean, lifting weights, whatever, but it it actually, at the end of it, you feel much calmer physically, yeah. right? Yes. And that's because you've, you've expended some energy and some of those stress hormones over time. That's a really, really good reminder to us all because those happen to be not just acute in the moment. They are acute at, at times when we're very stressed, but they also accumulate over time. So it's a cumulative effect. This is why people sometimes will feel like they're having a panic attack out of the blue. There doesn't seem to be any explanation for it. It's because their stress has been accumulating over a period of time. And then they have one small trigger and boom, it kind of throws them over the edge. Ah, I see. Okay. So that's a good way to kind of prevent that from happening. Okay. So number one is exercise. Number two is journaling. The reason that journaling is helpful is because There are so many thoughts that go through all of our minds from day to day um, that most of them we're not even consciously aware of, honestly. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that journaling is helpful with is it helps you hone in on what your thoughts are and then get them out of your head. Because I find that a lot of times I'll get caught on a thought and not even recognize. I call it thought trains. You know, it's almost like standing at a train station and here comes a thought, you know, the thoughts are going to come. That's not something that we have any control over. We do have control over which thoughts we choose to engage or which trains we want to get on and take a ride on. Right. So I feel like journaling helps a lot with just identifying repetitive thought patterns that 
create worry and anxiety for you, or it also helps you identify the things that are causing worry and anxiety. This, I say, keep it super simple. This is not for anyone else to read. This is not poetry 101, <laughs> right? right? I mean, I tell people, don't worry about your grammar. Don't worry about like sentence structure. Um, and in <laughs> fact, like don't filter at all. So obviously day to day, I have very selective language that I use. I don't like cuss on a normal basis, but I'm going to tell you what, sometimes in my journal, I let loose on that too, because there are times when it helps you express an emotion to a degree that you couldn't necessarily do it otherwise. I tell people to keep it very simple. And I call the exercise that I recommend thought dumping, which sounds disgusting, but really, I mean, it's, it's literally just getting all of the jumbled up thoughts in your head onto paper. And there is something that happens in terms of the way that we process when we visually see something written out on paper it changes the way that you actually think through it. And so I find that this is like a really helpful exercise if you kind of do what I call thought rumination, where you kind of get stuck on something and you're just mulling it over and over in your head and you can't seem to get to a conclusion that works or you can't get it out of your mind. That's a really good time to just get your pen and paper out and start journaling because it helps you process in a different way. So uh, exercise, journaling, and the third one that will help you kind of maintain a lower level of anxiety long-term is talking to a friend or therapist. So uh, let me jump back to journaling. One other benefit with that is that you'll start to identify patterns um, of thought and things that repetitively come up over and over again. And then with that information and insight, you can go and talk to either a therapist or a friend and you can say, you know, I'm really like struggling with this particular um, aspect of life or this emotion. Can you kind of help me process and work through this in a different way. We all have the same problem. And that is we do not challenge our own thoughts very often. We've come to those conclusions and thoughts very logically. And we've gone in a linear fashion and said, okay, this is my truth. Well, the problem is what if your truth is not actually the truth? Mm -hmm. No one's going to challenge you on that if you don't allow them to. And so this is where a good therapist can really challenge you and push you to see things in a different way or from a different perspective. This is also where personal growth and insight can be significantly um, improved. So it doesn't have to be a therapist. You know, as a therapist, I, I like to think that it could be. <laughs> I would agree. Absolutely. hundred percent. Even a good friend can do all of that with you and, or a family member, whatever. But the point is having someone from an external perspective, helping you see things in a different light or challenging you in ways that you wouldn't challenge yourself mentally. So just kind of to recap, um, exercise journaling and talking to a therapist or a friend, those are kind of long-term preventative things that you can do to help manage your own levels of anxiety. Um, and also when you notice that they're starting to get high, you go, okay, you know what? I need to dive back into some of my, my own self-care things that I know to do. And, and so those are kind of some of the things that I think are good to focus on. Danelle, those are so great. And I think it's really helpful to realize we live with a baseline of anxiety daily and what we can easily do to reduce that baseline. It's really not that hard. We're not saying join a gym and do two hours of exercise a day and write for an hour and spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on therapy twice a week. They're really, really doable. You can 
seek out a friend, a mentor who can really help point out those things. And I really appreciated what you said about how we have our truth that we that is so true to us, but somebody else outside of our little brain can point out, oh, that's actually not true. That's a limiting belief, or that's something that's really tying you down, but that's not really true. That right there is a huge revelation that we can achieve through the help of somebody else in our life. I don't know about you, friends, but these are definitely anxious times that we are living in. So I hope you got a lot out of Danelle's presentation today on managing our anxiety. And I think it's also helpful if we have a spouse who battles anxiety or if we have neurotypical children who battle anxiety on a daily basis. Thanks for listening today. And if you have not subscribed yet, please do so. Leave us a review, leave us a rating. It really helps us out. And if you're a mom out there who has not yet joined the tribe of We Are Brave Together, just go to wearebravetogether.com. We welcome you to be a part of the community. We always have a chair for you. Thanks for listening, everyone.